Welcome back to Double Trouble. Yay! This is Chloe. <laughs> this is Tess. And can I get a sheesh? We're both wearing like pretty dark clothing today. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm both depressed today, apparently. I'm sorry. First of all, I'm always depressed. Is that inaccurate? I was going to say, we're, we're depressed. Yeah, so. shut the fuck up. You don't even know me. Hey, you know me. I'm depressed. <laughs> um, Good one. So, what's the tea on your week? Spill it. This past week or so, I started a, a workout program, which is kind of cool. It is by someone on Instagram. Her username is defining.fitness. Her real name is Steph, but yeah, so I started that workout program. It's actually, it's like pretty hard. Um, there's a couple different, like, not settings, but there's like advanced, beginner, and then there's home and gym. So there's a good amount of choice there, I guess you could say, as to what you want to do. But I do the beginner home and they kick my ass because I'm out of shape. But also they kick my ass anyways, they're hard. But I, I mean, it's good. It's gotten me into working out more so. And I have like a little Snapchat and Facebook group with a bunch of girls and they're so sweet. And so it's really, it's really cool. You know what? My favorite thing about influencer workouts is usually it's a bunch of women who do them. Yeah. And like, I think know. it's just for women. Oh my fuck yes. Okay. That is amazing. I'm not sure. You know how they're like, why do you want female only gyms? And I'm like, because I don't want a man to perceive yeah. me today. Thank or, you. Or maybe all of her followers, are, most of the followers are women but yeah that's usually the it's case it's an all-woman um yeah. program but you basically like you pay 15 dollars and you get like access to like her facebook group that she makes and like they have tips in there you can like there's giveaways and stuff like that it's for the yeah. whole month of april we're in april yes it's for the whole month of april and then she, i think she does them like almost every month so i'll probably get on to the next one too and yeah. just keep doing that because i kind of need something to keep me on track when i work out because otherwise yeah. i just I wasn't realizing how much I'm not pushing myself, if that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Like, yeah. I need to work harder at working out if I want to get to where I want my body to be, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. like, I already eat decently. It's not like No, yeah, I agree with it's you. It's not even the diet is the bad part. You know what's about funny? It. Like, I'm already eating pretty decently. A lot of my friends who are skinnier than me are always like, yeah, you eat healthier than me. Like, I don't know what... And I'm like, yeah, I just... So hopefully that'll help me try and just get a little bit more fit, which is what I'm looking for. Dropping a couple pounds would be nice, but you know, I'm always kind of saying like, it's just a number, like, and the number that you weigh looks different on everyone. So please I really don't. don't, I really don't think like, I don't weigh myself, honestly. The only reason yeah. I weighed myself is to see like how much I need to lose and how, yeah. how much I weigh. I rarely weigh myself. So. Yeah. Just remember to love yourself no matter what shape and size you are, no matter mm-hmm. the number on the scale. Yeah. As long as you're healthy and happy, it yeah. doesn't matter. So yeah, we're all about body positivity. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. just doing it. I'm doing it because I want to be more body positive about myself. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and, and I honestly really like it because it makes you feel like stronger and more fit. That's really what I'm looking for. Yeah. I don't want to, especially after breaking my leg last year, because I just like it took all my endurance out of me. Like I already was kind of out of shape. Exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, it'd be nice to just get back into shape at least. So yeah. If I have to run away from a murderer, I might have a chance. Oh my god. Also, guys. Why run when you could have fucking pepper spray? I just fucking zippity-dee-dah. I got a knife, too. So, what I did this week, (laughs) Tess and I have kind of not recorded for a couple weeks. Yeah. It's just been two. It's literally like the second week as we were recording this. Feels like it's been a while. It does. Well, it's mainly because Alistair and I moved. Yeah, they did. We moved into a new house. That's why the audio might sound different. We don't have a lot of things set up, unfortunately. Uh, we do there. have a specific room for podcasting, though. I'm hoping next time we record, I'm literally going to have a soundproof room. We're hyped. So I'm really hyped for that. Like, that's very exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So we did that. I've been working a lot because, like, there's just been a bunch of shit going on. She's a working woman. Yeah. I went to the vet for my cat who just decided she wanted to puke and then get sent home with anti-nausea meds. Cost <laughs> me, like, $700. Are you serious? Yeah, it's emergency vet, so you gotta pay emergency fees. Jesus. Yeah. But we had to. Honey, please. Quite literally. But now she's walking around with a little fucking... She has a donut on her head because yeah. she doesn't she doesn't have a comb like would a comb not work or something or does so she they, just like, give her a comb? Butter? But it makes it hard for them to eat because their faces are so shallow. 
So I bought that for it's more comfy, like it's comfier. She'll actually literally lay down and kind of yeah. rest her head on it's that. It's like a pillow for her. Yeah. She seems like she doesn't hate it. No, she actually is doing really well with it. She was, she absolutely despised the e-collar they gave her. Yeah. But when I put that thing on her, she was... She was like, she was like, oh yeah, this is fucking nice. This is, this is a pillow. It's funny too mom. because when she walks, it looks like she's strutting because the pillow bounces. It does. I oh, know. I know. God, it looks like a necklace. It does. It's fucking hilarious. It's like, man, that is some chunky jewelry. Anyways, do you want to move on to what we're talking about today? Yeah, what's the it. tea? All let's right. Do it. So today we are talking about. So I first of all want to let you guys know. This is the only time I'm going to pronounce it correctly. We're talking about Loch Ness. If we've got any fucking international listeners, I'm telling you right now, that's the one thing you're going to get from me. So, we're going to start off with what the Loch Ness is. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a difference, actually, between the Loch Ness and the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, so oh, Loch, Ness Loch Ness is, is actually a place, yeah, located in the Scottish Highlands. It has the largest volume of fresh water in Great Britain, and the body of water actually reaches a depth of nearly 800 feet, and it's about 20 miles long. The Loch Ness Monster, it is a cryptid, and I know some people have a hard time with definitions, so I actually pulled those up for you. Thank you. I knew you were gonna ask. So a cryptid is an animal whose existence or survival to the present day is disputed or unsubstantiated. Any animal of interest to a cryptozoologist and then cryptozoology is the search for and study of animals whose existence or survival is disputed or unsubstantiated. In the definition, it quite literally references the Loch Ness Monster. Oh! And here's actually the Gaelic name for the Loch Ness Monster. Are you ready for this? No. Ulavisht Loch Nish. She's also on French. She took French in high school. I'm sorry. That's the European in me. But that's how they refer to, that's like the Loch Ness Loch Monster's me. name. So the Loch Ness is essentially a creature in Scottish folklore. It's, you know, said to inhabit the Loch Ness. There's not really a particular name for it. The popular, you know, iconic name is Nessie. But there's there's not a specific name for it. So mm-hmm. it's really just the Loch Ness Nessie's Monster. Only- it's kind of like Frankenstein's monster. It doesn't have a name. It's only called Nessie by its family. True. Don't be disrespectful. So, the Loch Ness is described as basically a large, long-necked animal with one or more humps protruding from the water. And and while I say animal, it's really more sort of some, like, aquatic or reptilian thing. Yes. There's not really a cohesive description of it. And a lot of the evidence that you hear of is anecdotal. However, there are some photographs and sonar readings that we will discuss later. Yeah, so that's definitely fun. A lot of the photographs, though, are hoaxes, so unfortunately that's kind of where one of the big issues comes in. Mm -hmm. The scientific community actually refers to the Loch Ness Monster as basically like a phenomenon. Yeah. They're like, it's not real, it's just that people want to believe it's real. Yeah. It's kind of like Santa Claus for kids, you know? They're like... People want to think it's real, so they'll see a log drifting, and they'll say, oh, that's Loch Ness. They'll mm-hmm. see, you know, ripples or what they call wakes in the water, and they'll say, oh, that's Loch Ness. Yeah. So that's essentially what they refer to it as. There is an origin of, like, this creature, per se. It actually links all the way back to 500 AD, actually. And there's people called the Picts that lived near the uh, loch. They were actually along the river as well. Um, So there's actually a bunch of references in Scottish history about it. The Picts also carved some strange creature on the walls that appeared to be some sort of aquatic creature into the stones near Loch Ness. Basically, all animals depicted in the Pictish stones are really easily recognizable, except this one. They have no idea what it is. And that drawing is basically like a a beast that has a, a long beak or muzzle. It has a head spout, and it flippers instead of feet. Ooh. So almost like a really fucked up seal. It's got flippies. <laughs> yeah, flippies. So, and, and that's... Flippies. <laughs> I just fucked your bitch in some creepy flipper flop. So that's essentially the earliest known evidence that Nessie exists, you know, because there's, we got the history there. And in Scottish folklore, actually, it's really common to have large animals associated with water. One of these is, you know, known as the water horse or water kelpies. They're said to have magical powers and malevolent intentions. One version of the legend actually states that the water horse lures small children into water by offering them rides on their back. And once the children are aboard, their hands become stuck to the beast and they are dragged to a watery death. 
their livers wash ashore the following day. Oh, what the fuck, Chloe? Ugh. I, well, I wanted to go into the history of the... So, in the, the history of the Loch Ness, you know, it supposedly did attack someone in the first sighting, technically. So, everyone kind of just suggests it was some sport of, like, primitive whale or some type of, like, serpentish creature. That's basically what they think it is, and they say it's probably been extinct for, like, 18 million years. So, they're kind of just like, no, we don't really believe it. People also say that people who were seeing the Loch Ness back then were seeing, I think it's seaches or seaches, which are essentially ripples along the water. And that's because you have cold water going into warm water. So it's kind of like, you know, currents work. You're going to see some movement. And as I mentioned previously, it's been called Nessie. That has actually been around since the 1940s. The Gaelic version is Nishak, and that's Nessie. Yeah, so... We're going to go into the sightings now. There are a lot of them. So, in the words of Scar, be prepared because we're about to pop off. So, speaking of, like, a 500 AD, this is one of the first known and documented sightings. St. Columba actually went to the area of Loch Ness. And his sighting was actually written in a book called The Life of St. Columba. And it was written in 6th century AD. So... He didn't actually disclose this sighting himself, so frankly, a little sus if you ask me. But basically what happened is he was Irish, he was a monk, and he was staying in the land of the Picts when he saw people burying a man by the River Ness. And basically, they had said what had happened was that he was swimming in the river when he was attacked by a water beast that mauled him and dragged him underwater. This is why we don't go in big bodies of water. (laughs) Well, okay, guess next, though, they get into boats and try and help him. So they went out there with the bees, so kind of badass. And then, you know what Columba was like? He was like, oh, bet. So he sent one of his followers to swim across the river. Of course. Because he's a fucking asshole, and he wanted to see this beast. Oh, he wanted to see it again. Yeah. So, oh, my God, it gets so, like, fucking crazy, though. He's like, his follower's swimming across the river, and then the beast is, like, approaching the follower, and Columba made a sign of the cross and said, Go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. And the creature stopped as if it had been pulled back with ropes and fled. And Columba's men and the Picts gave thanks for what they perceived as a miracle. Can I get a fucking amen in the chat? Praise Jeebus. Amen. So, yeah, that's... Praise <sighs> Jeebus. So... That's one of the first sightings, essentially. It wasn't even written by the saint himself, so... What a story. Right? It, I think I'm really embellished. I'm like, yeah, you... And then you told him to stop, and he understood English? Mm-hmm. I think you were talking to a dog. <laughs> so, moving on, we have another sighting in October of 1871. Woo! That's uh, a long time later. It's a long time There's later. No things before then? Not that I can tell, besides the uh, stone, like, cave drawings. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's why they're like, this is fucking so. It's a little spotty. Um, Someone named Dee McKenzie saw an object resembling basically an upturned boat or a log, and he said it was wriggling and churning up the water. He said first it started at slow speed and then quickened its pace as time went on. He actually sent his story in a letter to someone named Rupert Gold in 1934, and that's actually one of the stories that created popular interest. Yeah, because in 1940, they started calling it Nessie, right? Yeah, so it's weird, though, because he saw it in 1871, so my thought process was, why would he wait that long? But my thoughts were maybe he wanted to tell a story before he died. Yeah. So that's kind of what my thought process was. Yeah, I don't understand, but I was just kind of... Let me tell you this really cool story of this one time before I kick it. He said, before I... Before I die, respectfully, let me just... He said, this shit bustin'. Jeez! Respectfully. (laughs) (laughs) So, then we have another sighting in 1888, and it's Alexander MacDonald. Alexander Hamilton. He saw what he described as a large, stubby-legged animal coming out of the lock, and I guess the way they describe it is kind of strange. He says it was moving pretty closely 
within 50 yards of the shore where he stood. Mm. So from what I understand, I'm not sure if it was coming towards him or it was just fucking digging around. I think it was just within 50 yards. Yeah, I right? So he ended up reporting his sighting to the Loch Ness water bailiff, Alex Campbell, and described the creature to basically be like a salamander. I did kind of go ahead and give what a water bailiff is. It's like a law enforcement officer responsible for bodies of water. So, like, kind of U.S. Coast Guard, Could I think. Could you imagine being the bailiff of this block and being like, God, oh. that would be such a pain in the ass. It'd be like, yeah, That would be a great TV show. So next we're going to go ahead and talk about George Spicer's sighting in 1933. So this sighting occurred on 22nd of July, and he and his wife actually saw, basically, a big-ass animal cross the road in front of their car. So I don't know if it was one of those situations where, like, yeah, the Loch Ness man, he... He got lost in the road. I got three kids. When you hit a deer, but you want to make it a cool story. When you hit a deer, but it's in the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. When you hit a deer, but it has flippers and it's bright green. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so they saw basically an animal cross in front of them on the road right in front of their car. They basically said, hey, it had a large body that was about four feet high, 25 feet long. It had some form of wavy and narrow neck. My favorite part is they describe it as slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk. How the fuck do you know how thick an elephant's trunk Maybe is? Maybe they're well-traveled, okay? I just think it's funny. Well, I mean, I was just like, how? They're well-traveled. And they said that it was as long as the 10 to 12 foot width of the road. So they're talking about a really fucking big creature. Yes. They also said they didn't see any limbs, and it basically threw itself towards the lock. So it was slithering. I think more so like a seal. seal. Can you stop being my twin? Yeah, I I mean, and that would kind of make more so of like a lurching motion. Yeah. I feel like so. Anyways, so, and like they said, as I mentioned previously with the sightings, they did increase after a road was built along the lock in early 1933. So the area wasn't able, like there was no way to get to that area before. So this is why there's an increase in sightings. Because people are actually able to go around the full log itself. <laughs> we move on to Hugh Gray in 1933. He essentially took a photograph in November of that year. And that was supposedly the first photo to show the monster. The photo was actually super fucking blurry. And when someone came into possession of the two lantern slides or you know, the negatives, they actually went ahead and projected it and they saw an otter rolling at the surface. So it was a fucking otter. like. Cute. I literally looked it up. I was like, are we sure? And I was like, that's a fucking honor. So (laughs) that was pretty quickly dismissed. And then we have Arthur Grant, who saw the Loch Ness in 1934. This sighting is actually a little interesting because he was a veterinary student. Mm -hmm. So he was actually able to describe the creature pretty well. He was riding his motorcycle on January 5th of 1934, and he nearly hit the supposed creature. Now, here's where we have run into issues. It was about 1 a.m., and the only light was the moon. So, I say great atmosphere for a spooky monster, but not for actual seeing of monsters. So, what he said is that it had a small head attached to a really long neck, and that what happened is the creature saw him and crossed the road back to the lock. So, it's kind of like the George Spicer viewing, you know, where they were like, oh, it just ran across after blah, blah, blah. So he actually hopped off his uh, motorcycle and followed it. And I'd be like, okay, good to see you, sir. Well, he followed it to the lock, but he only saw ripples. He basically said it was a cross between a seal and a plesiosaur, but most people are like, dude, it was bad lighting. You just saw a fucking seal. Next, we'll move on to the surgeon's photograph from 1934, and that's the famous one that you see all over. Mm -hmm. The surgeon's photograph is reportedly the first photo where you could actually see the creature's head and neck. It was, so it's not confirmed to be taken by Robert Kenneth Wilson, but it's pretty much, he didn't want to put his name on it, from what it sounds like. Why is it called surgeon's photograph? Because he was a gynecologist, so he was a surgeon. So basically they were like, oh yeah, this surgeon took a photograph because he didn't want to give his name. Which, first of all, sus in general. Yeah, why not? Exactly. So it was actually published by the Daily Mail on the 21st of April, 1934. He basically said, you're not going to have my name. So now it's known as the surgeon's photograph. Mm -hmm. 
what he says happened is he was looking into the lock when he did see the creature. He took four photos and only two of them were clear enough. The first photo shows the small head and back. The second photo shows a similar like head in a diving position. When they actually looked into this, they found that the ripples in the photo were actually like small ripples. Mm-hmm. So what they discovered is when they analyzed the uncropped image that a white object is visible in every version of the photo, mm-hmm. which means it was on the negative. And they realized the cause of the ripples were probably the object being towed. Because they said, you know, maybe there's a possibility of a blemish on the negative, but due to the small ripples and that white thing, they thought someone was towing it. So the analysis also led to them realizing that the object was super small, so only two to three feet long. Hmm. So uh, if unless we're seeing baby Loch Ness here, you know, that's not... Little little baby Nessie. So that's not like a feasible, it's not really plausible. Yeah. So it basically ended up being revealed as a hoax by a disgruntled employee. From what I understand, he was fired and he was like, I'm just gonna fucking send this in. Haha, <laughs> you know? Interesting. Yeah, so. What a weird way to hoax. <sighs> yeah, I just, you know, people, in, back in the fucking night. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He was like, I'm gonna send this in and shit. Which and he was like, sure, oh, I got you? fired. I got fired because of this. Well, fuck you. So he sent it in. It was essentially a hoax. There is a second photo. It's too blurry to analyze, though. I mean, obviously, we know this is a hoax, so frankly, I don't think there is anything to come from looking at the second photo. Mm-hmm. But the whole diving position thing is interesting to me. I don't know what that is. So we move on to a sighting by William Fraser in 1938. So he was actually chief constable, and that just means chief of police, essentially. He wrote a letter about the monster, so it's not that he technically saw it, but he very much believed it was real. And he actually wrote a letter to, I believe, a politician or the prime minister, because what had happened was a hunting party had arrived. And they literally had their own, like, custom harpoon gun, and they were like, we're going to catch this motherfucker dead or alive. So he was like, listen... I don't think I have enough power to protect this, like, creature. I don't know what to do, like, la da da And this letter was actually only released by the National Archives of Scotland on the 27th of April in 2010. Hmm. So there's just this really old letter, essentially, that he's, like, not really a sighting, but it's an incident where he's like, listen, I believe the monster is real and I can't protect it. What the fuck can I do? That's weird that they waited so long to release it. I don't know, man. I think it's just because it involved, like, the prime minister in politics. I don't know if there was any actual, like, correspondence Mm -hmm. or if it was just the one letter. But it's definitely interesting, to say the least. Mm -hmm. In the 1950s, we kind of get more into sonar readings. That's when that really became, like, a big deal. And these started in December of 1954. They were taken by a fishing boat called Rival 3 or Rival the 3rd, I think. I don't know. So, basically... What they could tell from the sonar is that there was actually a large object that maintained speed with the vessel, and it was 500 feet down. Ooh. Yeah, they were like, we don't know what the fuck that is. That's a big ass fish. <laughs> That's a big ass fish. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they, they maintained contact with it for about 2,500 feet. Then they lost it, and they supposedly regained it again. I don't have any information on them regaining it, though. And essentially, any previous sonar attempts were basically inconclusive or negative. So this one is actually the first one where it seems like we have evidence. That was the sonar readings. Now we move on to a film of the incident. And this one's actually really interesting. It happened in 1960. Tim Dinsdale filmed a hump that left a wake crossing in Loch Ness in 1960. As I mentioned earlier wake is kind of you know ripples in the water things like that yeah so he essentially described the creature that he filmed um the hump on it as some sort of reddish color with a blotch on its side and he said basically he mounted his camera and the object began to move immediately and it was like hey yeah it was like just for you babes xo xo right it's that oh fuck camera's on better put on a show get this the Loch Ness is actually just like a fucking Gay diva. <gasps> the Baba Duke and the Loch Ness. <laughs> you could never. Oh my god. Oh my. Someone draw it, please. Oh my god. Fucking. I need to see the gay Baba Duke and the fucking Loch Ness. Yes. That would be hilarious. LGBT. So, 
he shot about 40 feet of film and this is actually really interesting because Discovery actually made Discovery Communications. I don't know if it's the same company as Discovery. Probably Discovery. Right. So they actually made a documentary called Loch Ness Discovered in 93. And they actually digitally enhanced the film. And the person who enhanced the film noticed that the shadow was in a negative And that it was not actually there on the developed film. So it wasn't shown. But he basically said... Computer enhance. <laughs> he found that there was a, like a little rear body of a creature under the water, and he said, "Before I saw the film, I thought the Loch Ness monster was a load of rubbish. Having done the enhancement, I'm not so sure." So he saw that, and he was like, "Um, this stuff's a little spooky." So <laughs> can I get a? So yeah, that's a little. That one was to me like. Next, we go on to another video that was filmed in 2007, and some guy named Gordon Holmes videotaped what he said was like a jet black thing about 46 feet long. It was pretty fast in the water. So a marine biologist actually at the Loch Ness 2000 Center said it was the best footage he had ever seen of the supposed creature. The Loch Ness Yeah. Center. But then he... Okay, this is what pisses me off. He's like, this is the best video I've ever seen. When he's interviewed about it, he says, maybe it was a bird or like a seal. And yeah, I'm like, because... nah, bitch, you said you thought it was the Loch Ness Monster. No, he says the best video evidence that he's seen. No, and I'm just like, this is a government conspiracy, 911, police. I'm sussed. I'm sussed, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Then there was an additional sonar image in 2011. This was like a whole big fucking thing, like mm -hmm. I think. So, the Loch Ness boat captain, Marcus Atkinson, photographed a sonar image of a five-foot-long identified object. He said it was following his boat for about two minutes, and it was 75 feet below. And then, once he had a scientist from the National Oceanography Center view the image, they essentially were like, no, nah, that's, that's algae or zooplankton. A bloom of algae and zooplankton. Yeah, that just means a large mass, yeah, essentially. Yeah, but it's just like, not. come on. It's a lot. Bish, come on! Fucking suck. You're telling me a plant followed me. <laughs> You're telling me it's a plant. You're telling me. Well, that's fucking... Somebody call poison ivy. Oh, I'm sorry. So, finally, one of the things that I think is really funny is there's actually an Apple Maps photograph that became pretty popular in 2014. <laughs> so... In April of 2014, an image on Apple Maps showed what appeared to be a large creature. Some people were like, oh, it's the Loch Ness Monster, and it was just below the surface of the loch. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was about 98 feet long, but people say it was probably a boat or seal ripples. Yeah, it totally looks like it could be a, a boat with like the wake of water around it. Yeah, no, that's what a lot of people were saying. Hmm. And I was like, all right, you know. Like, it's just one of those things that it's like, ooh, maybe yeah. it's spooky. It's the contrast is really Essentially, Yeah, no, essentially it's not a good enough photo. No, you know, it's, it's like an Apple Maps photo. So, But that was just funny to me because I was like, lol, technology. So that's kind of all the sightings. We're going to move on to specific expeditions where people actually went and like looked for it. And some of the sonar sightings do come back in this part. The first one we have is the Edward Mountain Expedition in 1934. Mm -hmm. He financed a big-ass search, and it's so funny. It's the 1930s. Okay. So he had 20 men with binoculars and cameras just around the lock They're from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Five weeks long. Can you just imagine sitting there with Nine fucking... You guys know what's happening. But, I mean, fuck. I would love that job because you just get a chill. Nine hours just looking at the water? That would be so boring yeah. after a while. Yeah, basically, there were a bunch of photographs taken, but nothing was really found. Mm -hmm. Nothing was considered conclusive. It was like, okay, that's a photo, and so... Mm, you tried. Kind of a sad little waste of time and money. It makes me feel bad for this Edward guy. Oh, well. Moving on, we... So this is the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau. Love that. They ran from 1962 to 1972. And they're a UK-based society formed in 1962. Their motto, like their mission statement was essentially, they wanted to study the Loch Ness Monster and identify what it was or determine what the cause of it was, you know, what the cause of the reports were. They weren't the fucking around. They were hilarious. The society's name was later shortened to Loch Ness Investigation Bureau. Yeah. 
It was disbanded in 1972. It did have 10,030 members. 588 were from the United Kingdom. And I honestly, they did a lot of volunteer work and expeditions, but I don't have any info on any evidence they discovered. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they did. The only reason the Bureau essentially survived as long as it did is because you kind of had to pay to be in it. I'm so, so weird. It was a fan club. Kind of. Kind of. You know? Loch Ness Monster Fan Club. Pay $5 entry fee. That's kind of what I think, you know? Mm. So, I don't think it would have lasted because they really... I don't think they ever really came up with anything. That's pretty funny. However, they did do a sonar study. Oh. There was 1967 to 1968. It did include them, of course... It was basically volunteers with professionals and just regular people. They chose to test like a prototype of sonar, which had a range of 2,600 feet. It's pretty fucking crazy ass sonar. And what happened was they placed the device underwater and directed it at the opposite shore. And it drew an acoustic net across the lock through which no moving object could pass undetected. I don't know if you guys have seen ghost adventures ghost adventures but to me it kind of makes me think of like those laser lights you know that they're like will detect any form of mu- yeah. movement so that's kind of what i think of when i look at it um they did see multiple targets that they identified over the two weeks one was probably a shoal of fish they say but there was other ones that weren't super typical of like fish or anything like that but they moved up to 12 miles per hour. Huh. To me, that doesn't seem fast. It's um, like as fast as a human running. Yeah. Average so. human running speed. Yeah. So, no, but I just, it doesn't seem really fast to me, but. No. So, yeah. <laughs> now we're going to move on to the part that I t- entitled Men Being Men. Mm-hmm. Now we were talking about LGBT Nessie. Mm-hmm. So, in 1975, four firemen from Hemel Hempstead decided that the monster had to be a boy. They were like, yep, usually monsters are boys, so it's got a penis. What proof? What? How? Science? They're fucking men. Dude. What so How are monsters usually men? I'm confused. I don't fucking know. Where's the evidence? Right? Bro? They were just like, in conclusion, all monsters are men. And I was like, true. True. <laughs> so, monsters. It clicks. <laughs> right? It, they literally built a 309-foot paper mache lady monster to attract Mr. Nessie. The fucking lady monster had false eyelashes, yes. full makeup, makeup, yes. and gave, it had a pre-recorded mating call. I guess what the fucking mating call was? Yeah, a male walrus. They used the fucking male walrus really mating call. I don't know, but yeah, basically Nessie did not arrive. Nessie which, is not gay. Frankly, Nessie said LGBT. He said, "I'm sorry. First of all, it's not even my species mating call. Second of all, that that is wearing." false eyelashes he said i ain't fucking with that sweetie not even in drag so that shit just made me laugh my ass off i was like i'm sorry <laughs> moving on from that i just fucking thought that was hilarious and i had to include it because i was like what the fuck pretty funny pretty funny moving on we have the robert ryan studies and these occurred in 72 75 2001 and essentially concluded in 2008 mm-hmm. in 1972 a group of researchers from the academy of applied science led by robert did a sonar search for the Loch Ness Monster. He did try to do everything he could to avoid murky water, which is one of the biggest issues people run into Mm -hmm. when they're looking for it. So he had a submersible camera with a floodlight, and it would take pictures when the sonar detected anything. Mm -hmm. On August 8th, the sonar identified a moving target or targets that were supposed to be, from what they could tell, 20 to 30 feet long. So when they reviewed the uh, sonar, they basically said there is something 10 feet long coming from one of the echoes. According to an author, he basically said, look, the shape was highly flexible and it had a flattened tail. Maybe it was just two animals swimming together. And I just fucking, right? I just, like, people are like, maybe it's just two animals swimming together. And I'm like, can we shut the fuck up? Where's the picture? Let me see. Let me fucking, right? And the camera actually got a photo of the creature as well. And they both depicted some sort of, they call it a rhomboid flipper. You know, like a rhombus. Angular. Just, you know, not, like, it's very, like, yeah, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect square, essentially. They got a couple photos of it. And essentially the photos looked like the flipper was moving. Yeah. They also made contact again 
And this time with the sonar, they actually found two objects that were about 30 feet long. The camera did take two photos, however, it just seemed like two really big objects surrounded by bubbles. So the photos are said to depict two plesiosaur-like animals. And they're like, maybe it's just two, like a couple big animals that live in the Loch Ness. Which could be true because they do have salmon and stuff there. So, yeah. But that photo is actually, it's really rarely published. I, yeah, so I was like, that's sus. That's sus. What's happening? Show me the Carfax. And then there's another photograph in 1975. Basically, it just showed some animals that they didn't know of with various positions or lighting. So once again, indicating movement, not really sure what the fuck it is. They said one of the photographs looked like an animal that had like the upper torso of a plesiosaur, but another one looked like it had like a horned gargoyle head, which was actually consistent with some sightings of the monster. However, I believe in the Discovery documentary, they went over that and they discovered it was actually like some form of log. Oh, here's the issue with Loch Ness. There's a lot of fucking debris on the bottom. Yeah, it's a lake. Yeah. So, and it's super murky. It's super murky. So, they just were like, another reason not to go in lakes. Finally, they did. (laughs) Finally, they took a video in 2001. They caught a V-shaped ripple, basically, on a really calm day. People are like, that doesn't really count because boats still go through. And the wakes that they leave behind can last upwards of, like, 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah, they just go. So, yeah. So, They also videotaped some sort of object on the floor, and it looked like a carcass. Mm. They did find some clamshells and fungus that's usually not found in the freshwater area. So they were like, maybe it's from the sea. Maybe this creature's been coming back and forth, you know? Mm. That's why we can never find it. But by the time of 2008, there weren't a lot of sightings, so Ryan's essentially was like, I think it's extinct. Yeah. Which... Seven years is not enough time. Yeah, also for me. extinct in two, in the 2000s. Yeah, I just, frankly, I was like, I don't... You're saying seven years and now the creature's just gone? He's like, well, I haven't seen shit, so it's not alive. I, right, so I was just like... My oh, 30 years of research. Right, I was like, I haven't I seen shit. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. So that just is kind of weird to me. We're kind of moving back in time, but since everything with Robert was... I just wanted it all to be in one place so Uh people weren't confused. Uh Uh So we're going to move back in time to 1987 with something called Operation Deep Scan. So there were 24 boats. They all had echo sounding equipment, and they sent acoustic waves at the same time throughout the lock. Essentially, it's like Dory talking to whales. She goes, Where are you, Magnus? So, (laughs) they did make contact with some sort of unidentified object. I feel like I'm talking about UFOs, man. Mm -hmm. They said, yeah, it's a really unusual size and strength, but, like, what the fuck does that mean? So, I don't, I don't know. They, like, hit a wall. Right? Okay, what, here's what bothered me, though. They returned and re-scanned the area, found lots of debris, and then they were like, you know what, maybe it was seals. And I was like, you just said it was of big size and strength. This fucking seal going to the gym? Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Like, I... You leave him live, bro? This fucking seal's built. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I just fucking was like, what's his routine? Mm-hmm. How many squats? Mm-hmm. How many sets and how much can you lift, seal? I don't know. I just was like, why do we... Like, it always turns into seals. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't say something's thing. like 30 feet long and then be like, a seal. A because seal. what seal? <laughs> He's on roids, bro. <laughs> fucking shit, apparently. So, they basically looked at the sonar... And they were like, yeah, it looks like there was something moving at around 600 feet, but it was, you know, it was pretty large, but they essentially said, this is a quote from someone who looked at it, and he said, there's something here that we don't understand, and there's something here that's larger than a fish. Maybe some species that hasn't been detected before. I don't know. Hard pass. It is a little, it's a spooky, it's a little spook spook, so... This kind of leads to the last survey, which a lot of people lean more into this. So they did a DNA survey in 2018 of the whole lake, just looking for what species that there were. When they did the survey, they said, you know, there's not any large fish like sharks, sturgeons, or catfish. They did find a lot of eel DNA. And basically what they said is, you know, it could just be a big-ass eel. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You can't rule that out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's that. Mm-hmm. They did say that the large amount of eel DNA could just come from a bunch of small ones. Oh. Okay. So, it's, it's hard. There's not really anything that they can really conclude. However, we know it's not a plesiosaur because there is no evidence of any reptilian sequences found. Oh, yes. And that, the plesiosaur is a reptile. Oh. So here are some of the various explanations they say could be the Loch Ness Monster. A lot of the time, they blame birds, specifically the wakes that they create. Stupid birds. Yeah, fucking the birds work for the bourgeoisie. Yes, they do. They essentially say, you know, it could look like a creature is zigzagging and diving, but that's just because there's fucking birds. The birds. There's fucking birds. And there was one report where that essentially did happen, and 26 people saw it, but they were like, yo, it could be fucking birds. Any, like, V-shaped wake, also like a boat, is kind of a concern because, you know, V-shape of birds. Yeah. And then also V-shape of boats. So, it's not really... Those are some ways we can dismiss it. Also, eels as well. A lot of people, as I mentioned previously, suggest that the monster is a a huge-ass fucking eel. And an unusually large one could explain the sightings. Now, I don't fucking know how long... Eels get. Yeah, I feel like that would be a really fucking <sighs> eel on roids. Well, I mean, goldfish get pretty fucking big, so I'm like, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think eels grow like goldfish. Like goldfish. Yeah, dude, grow I don't to fucking know. Yeah. I don't think eels do that. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm not a right? scientist. I. Ain't. But here's the issue with the eel theory: they swim side to side. They don't go up and down. You know, they don't fucking. Yeah. So when you would see them, they would be like wriggling, oh, like some of the descriptions. Oh, they don't go up, like the Loch Ness would be yeah. like Yeah, yeah. So people are like, oh, it's a serpent; it goes up and down. Oh. Eels don't do that; they swim side to side. Oh. So it's not something that okay. makes sense. Okay. And when people say, oh, there's sea serpents in the water, they're like, maybe that's just an oversized eel. It's a little difficult. And as I mentioned previously, they did do that DNA testing. And they just confirmed that there were a bunch of European eels in the loch. No DNA samples were found from catfish, sharks, plesiosaurs, anything like that. And a lot of scientists now just believe that giant eels are the whales. Were there whale DNA? Not that I could tell, but from what I understand, the whales and dolphins come in and out of the loch. Like they're they're not freshwater creatures. Yeah, no. There's also the option of a Greenland shark, yes. and this is where our homie Jeremy Wade from River Monsters comes River in. River Monsters. I know, he's like, join me while well, I get this fish. He's, he's fucking funny. Oh, he loves River so, Monsters. I fucking love, we loved River Monsters. We used to watch the, oh no, it wasn't I just I just watched me. it because Chloe liked it. Oh, thanks. I well, mean, it's alright. I love you too. I love you too. But... So I actually watched part of the episode because I was like, oh, bitch, the river monsters. I love river monsters. He basically thinks it's a Greenland shark. Uh-huh. You know, they ruled out that with DNA, but I'm going to still let my man, I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had the greatest music video of all time, basically. So he said back in 2013 that he thinks it's a Greenland shark, and the reason why is they can reach up to 20 feet in length. And they are in colder climates around Canada, Greenland, Iceland, Norway, and possibly Scotland. It is dark in color and has a small dorsal fin, and they can survive in fresh water. So he thinks because of the salmon and the eel, you know, in Loch Ness, that that creature could survive. I, you know, I think that's a really valid theory, especially looking at some of the pictures. I don't know if you opened the Twitter link that I sent you, but there's like a very long creature that looks it's like speckled so that's similar to an appearance of a greenland shark in my opinion so that's kind of what i thought there's also something that they call the wells catfish which they think could be a cause these are fucking really big catfish i don't think they would look like a giant sea serpent at all Mm -hmm. however they say maybe it's a big ass form of wells catfish I don't really agree with the theory. However, they are they do know that some catfish actually feed on human bodies and are known to to drown live victims. Yee. That would explain the attacking. Yee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that could be the reason why we're seeing these attacks. I just from the body shape of a whale's catfish. If you look it up, it's I don't think. I don't. I really don't think it could pass for like a big ass yeah, creature. Yeah, fish. It's. It really does not look like a Loch Ness. I might, like the body width is not. So I just. I don't think so. But you know, maybe I'm just not. And then finally, people blame seismic gas. 
So basically they were like, oh yeah, when we first saw the Loch Ness Monster, people said there was roaring. And the Loch Ness is actually along the Great Glen Fault. And people are like, archaeologists specifically, think it could just be an earthquake. So they just think it could have been an earthquake. And that would cause a large disturbance on the surface of the water by the release of that gas and that earthquake. All right, so people always think it's some sort of large species as well. We're going to move on to plesiosaurs, which I know you wanted some more information about. plesios. So when people say it's a plesiosaur, first of all, no, they're extinct. Secondly, the way their necks are made, (laughs) first of all, shut the fuck up. First of all, it's extinct. So basically, he built different, you know, the plesiosaur's neck actually wouldn't allow for it to lift its head up out of the water. Like those popular photos show. They do need to breathe, but they just have little like nose. They need to breathe? They have like little nose thingies and they would come up. They would lift their whole fucking... Thank you. So yeah, they would essentially come up to breathe, but it's not where they're going to just whip their whole fucking neck out. Their necks aren't even... No. Just... So, and then also the issue is that the lock is only about 10,000 years old. And before that, before that 10,000 years, it was frozen. Plesiosaurs have been around like way, way, way before that. Way before that. Hear me out. What um, if they froze and then they unfroze? This is a nice age. You can't do that. You can't do that. I'm just saying. No. Just saying. Science. However, people say, you know, since they are breathing creatures, you would see them a lot because they would have to come up for air a lot. So, not really something that's plausible. There's also an argument that says a form of convergent evolution may be possible. That's just a really specific form of evolution, basically. So it's basically like, yeah, there's this really specific form of evolution that happened. Oh, yes. Is that um, why we can't find them? I Yeah. I just hmm. I think it's a really big stretch. And they basically say, oh, well, some sightings say that the Loch Ness has horns. And what if those horns actually function as breathing tools that allow it to breathe without breaking the surface? I that's such a huge stretch. It, is this like, what y'all do to have fun? You just like theorize what the Loch Ness is doing, like how it's built. It's fucking convergent evolution in and of itself is rare, and then for them to be what like, that? It is the process whereby organisms not closely related independently evolve similar traits as a result of having to adapt to similar environments. Mm, okay. The way that I learned about it was. Oh yeah, some giraffes have really short necks because they have shorter trees. That doesn't happen. That's not the case. Oh. Well, and then for them to be like, there's a specific evolution. I'm like, stop. You're just stretching. I'm like, mommy. stop, mom. You're embarrassing me. It's a stretch. So I'm talking about it. Yeah. So I just it makes me uncomfortable. You can't make fetch happen, Gretchen. It's not so I just that whole situation makes me a little uncomfy because I'm like, no. Well, moving on from that, lastly, people think it's some sort of invertebrate. Basically, they say that Nessie and other lake monsters may just be some large invertebrate. They specifically mentioned bristle worms. That's fucking disgusting, I know. It's a form of worm that's really fucking gross, and they grossed me out. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm never going to the Loch Ness again. Oh, oh, oh. But... When looking into the, se- the theory, I really did not see a lot of supporting evidence of this. So it's just, you know, they are theories because they're just things that you kind of throw out there, you know? It's hard to support something that has no evidence. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's also gross, so I don't want to think about it. But still, you know, it, it's, yeah, I'm just like, uh, you know, theories are theories for a reason. Yeah. But I just don't really think there's anything, like, there's no evidence to support that, and I just really don't think it's a thing. So, that's kind of the end of this. I wanted to know, though, with all that information, what do you think? If I had to guess, I think it's either an eel or a whale. Yeah, I think the eel... Whale for size, eel for shape. Yeah, I think the eel could definitely be pretty solid. I really want to believe it is some... You know... And here's the thing. I really like cryptids. I think they're really interesting. I do want to believe it's some sort of unknown creature... Because they do have a lot of cave systems and things like that, you know? Yeah. So that's definitely an option, but it's just really... I just don't see with all these studies going on, it's still being mm-hmm. hidden and there not being any conclusive proof. I get that, like, but like the, it's really, really difficult to investigate water that's that cold and that murky. Well, that's why there's not a lot. Leave it alone. Leave the Loch Ness alone. Maybe there'll be another, I don't know, it's 
some point. Yeah, so I, you know, I love to think that it is some form of monster or something like I that. I would love to think that it's just an animal and people are stupid. Oh my god, can you like me fit? Sorry. So, I, you know, I just think, you know, maybe it is a creature that's there, you know, that's just chilling, like, that's not really been discovered. You know, they find new fish and shit all the time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for a creature that large to exist without... It's... I just feel like it... I don't know. Yeah. I really think the eel theory is the best. Yeah. Or some sort of eel, like, evolution or something like that. Not a convergent evolution of a plesiosaur, because, like, come on, that's really pushing it. When people are just like, what is this? I'm like, shut the oh, fuck up. Where, where, where are you just throwing things out here now? They're just pulling shit out of their ass. So I'm saying the two like nostril this. shit. Oop, no, I'm just... <laughs> no, yeah, they really just pulled shit out of their ass for like, they were like, oh yeah, horns? What if they're breathing tubes? And I'm like, it's not a snail. Here we go. What if we make a paper mache Loch Ness That girl. is the funniest shit, though. That's like and the best part of the story. So essentially, I don't know if the Loch Ness is real, honestly. Do you I, think it's the eel thing? I want to believe it's real. I really do want to believe it's just a species of creature or some sort of like genus of creature that we've never found before, right? Yeah. But I think the most likely, with the information we have at this time, is that it's a, a simple genial. Yeah. I do like the Greenland shark theory, just because, like, the image that I sent to you, I don't, I really think it looks like that. So, anyways, that is the story of the Loch Ness. We're always going to go and have the occasional episode with spook or cryptid or things spook. like that. That's obviously my... My side of the story, that's my genre. Chloe likes just stuff. You know what? I think it's cool, though, because we both do true crime and then something else. You include history in your true crime. Yeah. And then I occasionally am like, what about ghosts? I'm like, okay. I think you said you already chose Oh, yeah, I do, actually. So that is the Loch Ness Monster. Yes, thank you so much for explaining that. Keep and that, this motherfucker uh, spooky. And, and that things. is uh, named after, you know, the body of water that it no, is. No, um, it's actually named after Renesmee. From Twilight, mm-hmm. you fucking whore. Nessie. So go ahead and give us a follow on our beautiful Twitter, which is at Double Trouble TC. You want to give them the Instagram? Sure thing. It's going to be double dot trouble dot pod. And then lastly, you can always reach out to us via email, double trouble pod at gmail.com. We do check most of our suggestions and yep. recommended topics. On uh, Twitter and Instagram. Please send us a recommendation. I literally asked around for a couple friends just because I thought, you know, oh, you I like to do things that people want to hear. Yeah. Like, it makes me happy to do that for people. Uh-huh. So I specifically, like, my next few topics are requests from some of my friends. Whoa. Because I want to do that for them. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. There is going to be the occasional spook in between because I that's how I record. Spook. But, you know. So feel free to hit us up with those recommendations. Yes, please, friendos. Hit me, uh, bang my line. In the words of Leona Lewis, I got you. That is the end of our podcast, but please make sure you remember, stay out of trouble. But if you don't, keep keep it it double. double.